Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Last Sunday, we talked about the conflict between Paul and Barnabas and how they went their separate ways. And yet, while they didn't deal with it perfectly, they handled it so that it could be resolved eventually. The relationship was not ultimately completely severed. In fact, there was unity by the end of Paul's life. One of the points that we made last week, though, was that when coming to conflict, we need to assess conflict. Is it a cold or is it cancer? If it's cold, you can ignore it. It'll take care of itself. If it's cancer, surgery needs to be done. That's what I want to talk about today. If it's cancer, we have to run toward cancer and take it seriously. You have to run toward the conflict, not away from it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you give us wisdom today for running toward conflict in a way that you can bless, in a way that is uh, responsive to your wisdom? Through Christ we pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, Jesus said, If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. The Bible, Jesus was really clear. When we're in conflict, don't run away from it if it is significant. If it just needs to, if it's just with you, if, if you just need to get over it, if you just need to rise above it, if you just need to forgive and move on, don't make a big deal about it. But if it's serious and could do long-term damage to the relationship, if it's serious and, you're, and you're, your brother, your sister, your friend, you need to have a conversation with them. If it's cancer, potential cancer, you can't run away. You have to have the courage to run toward. Rick Warren says there are five ways to deal with conflict. Most are inadequate. Five ways that people deal with conflict. Most are not wise. The first way is no way. There's a conflict and people just avoid it, don't want to deal with it because of pain avoidance, because of fear of conflict. The second approach is the my way approach. The concern is not godliness or morality. The agenda is not the relationship. The agenda is I want to get what I want. I'm entitled. I deserve to be treated better. The the agenda is all me, me, me. I'm going to get my way. And so you're going to go for your pound of flesh. The third approach to conflict is your way. This is the martyrdom approach. Imagine for a moment that you come home and you discover that your neighbor's son's baseball is on the middle of your living room floor and your picture window is broken. Clearly, it came that, that, that kids were playing baseball. And someone had baseball, and it went through the window, and your, uh, your, your window is the victim of it. My way says, I am going to go to my neighbor and tell him off. I have told him so many times that his boy is reckless with that baseball, and, and I can't believe it's, it's happened again. I'm going I'm to sue him to make him pay for the window. My way. Your way says you go to your neighbor... And you ask your neighbor, so what are you going to do about your son's baseball having broken my window? He says, well, I don't think I should have to do anything. And you say, well, you know what? Maybe you're right. 
it's wrong for me to put a window in my door, in my, and you actually mean it, you're not being sarcastic. I just shouldn't have had a window in my house at that place. It's my fault. That's, that's your way, you know? Someone has said these people need the, to take out the my fault insurance. <laughs> it may appear noble, but it's not principled. It's codependent. It's fearful. It's people-pleasing and pain-avoiding. Another approach is what he calls the halfway approach. You come home, you see your window broken. Your neighbor, it's your neighbor's son's baseball on the floor. You don't ignore it and say, no way. You don't threaten to sue your neighbor and say, my way. Neither do you go to your neighbor and take all responsibility. Oh, it's my fault. Instead, you go to your neighbor and say, hey, I saw your son's baseball broke my window. Tell you what, you pay half, I'll pay half, we'll call it even. Now, sometimes that's not a bad approach. You know, if it's just a matter of who's going to pay for dinner or, um, you know, do we like the, you know, what kind of ice cream are we going to get? That kind of compromise is not a bad thing. If it's just a matter of taste, a matter of opinion, a, a compromise for Paul and Barnabas might have been to allow John Mark to have a testing period for him to prove himself. It could have been a halfway approach. But the problem is there are times that it's not a matter of opinion or a matter of, of right and wrong in doubt. There may be some real right and wrong, some real good and evil here. I mean, how do you compromise with murder? You know, tell you what, it's okay to murder on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Just don't murder me the other days, you know? In the case of marital, you know, unfaithfulness, you can have an affair twice. We'll just, we'll compromise on this, you know? No. In the case of marital unfaithfulness, it is actually unhealthy for both parties to take equal responsibility. One party acted wrong. And that, it, it's, not, it's not healthy for either party party for uh, you to take the hook off of or the responsibility off the one who took the action. The final approach is what Rick Warren calls the our way or God's way. More than looking for a compromise between two people, the wisest thing is to say, what's God's best here? What would the Bible say? What biblical principles could we apply here? The conflict is resolved when we believe the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down a green path. He le leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If two Christians can say, what's God's right path here? What's the right thing for us to do to honor him? Now, one of the dangerous things, one of the difficult things about this is it means entering what Scott Peck called the tunnel of chaos. It's chaos because it means that you have to speak openly. You refuse to minimize the problem or ignore a, a, a mistake or a failure or a sin. It's a tunnel because it's dark in there 
and you don't know how the relationship is going to come out on the other side. Now, when Peck talks about this, he talks about the kind of ton of chaos being necessary for intimacy, for there to be true intimacy in relationships. You have to be able to go into that tunnel of chaos where there's honesty spoken and honesty sought and God's will desired, but you're not quite sure. There's no guarantee what's going to happen. It's risky. But if you do come out the other side, your friendship will be deeper. There will be deeper respect, deeper appreciation, a deeper bond in Christ. So your neighbor may say, well, yeah, it was my son's ball, but he wasn't the one who hit it. He was playing in the infield. It was my son told me about this, and I'm sorry we haven't come to you yet. We promised to come. We I, we, I told him he needs to talk to you about this, but uh, one of one of the neighbor kids hit it. Let's go down to that family and let's talk it through with them. But I but I'm but but I'll make it right. See. Um, Four different approaches to conflict. No way, gonna avoid it. My way, it's all about me. Your way, again, conflict avoidance, um, taking all responsibility when it's not yours. Halfway compromising, sometimes a good thing, but not if there is actually right or wrong involved. Um, and then there's God's way, our way. What's your way to resolving conflict today? As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Heavenly Father, help us in our conflict to look to you as the good shepherd. You promise that we don't need to lead on our own understanding, but if in all our ways we will acknowledge you, you will direct our paths. You promise that you are a good shepherd that you want to, that you will lead us down right paths for your name's sake. I pray whatever wisdom that you, that we find in what we've shared the last couple of days, that ultimately we would look to you in every situation in a fresh way and seek your presence and guidance. Help us to recognize when we um, may be taking an approach that's not honoring to you, that's not your wisdom. Um, because, Lord, we want peace with others as far as it depends on us. Through Christ I pray. Amen. One final thing I want to say. It is clear that seeking God's way is going to work better with people who are seeking God's way. You can't force that on anyone. Um, second, Paul says here, if possible as far as it depends on you. Um, in the midst of conflict, we are responsible to do our best, but not everybody is going to want to resolve conflict with us. Not everybody is going to be willing to forgive. Not everybody is going to be willing to have the conversation. There have been many, there, I shouldn't say many, there, sadly there are a few people in my life that I've sought to have conversations with and and they just don't want to talk. You know, they shut down and avoid. And, um, and that's difficult. But again, that's at that point, we have to say, okay, Lord, this is yours. Please resolve this. And I've also discovered in my life that when you place things on God's hands, there are times when those conflicts that you thought would never be resolved, 
he takes care of on his own. And somebody will come back to you in 10 years and say, I'm so sorry, I didn't handle that right. I wish you could go back and make it right. And then at that point, you'd be ready to forgive. I hope you find it helpful mostly. I hope that maybe God can use this in your life sometime in dealing with conflicts in your life and, uh, and be a blessing to you. Till next time.